Well, hey there, Redeemer City Church family and our friends who listen all over the place. I want to say a special welcome to all of you to our very first ever bonus episode on the Redeemer City Church podcast. What's really the heart behind us doing some of this extra content is to meet you in the middle of your week and offer you something that can help you stay on track in your faith with Jesus as you walk through whatever he is calling you to walk through. So today what I thought would be really helpful for me and hopefully for you is to talk a little bit about prayer. Prayer is one of those things that oftentimes can be intimidating, might be awkward for you to pray in front of other people, might be awkward for you to just talk to God. It's obvious that you can't see him. So how do you have a conversation with him? Well, I want to try to help you and just offer this, that there is in the Bible a lot of different ways to pray. There are different models of prayer. Some of them you've probably heard of. Maybe some of them you haven't. But for sake of time and to just try to be helpful in this moment, in in this day, is I just want to offer you one that maybe you are not as familiar with as some others. This model of prayer is called the tabernacle prayer. And it's definitely not new to me. It's not a new idea that uh, Mitch came up with. It's been out there, and if you Googled it, you would find a whole lot of different things. And in fact, I would encourage you to Google Old Testament tabernacle so you can see a picture of some of the things that I'm talking about. What was important about the tabernacle was in the Old Testament, it is the place where God met with his people. As New Testament Christians, people living in today's age, we can go straight to the Father. We can go, what Hebrews says, boldly into his throne room of grace with confidence that we're going to get help and mercy and grace in our time of need. But in the Old Testament, they were looking forward to Christ's sacrifice on the cross. We look back. And so the way we encountered the Lord is a little bit different. But even in that Old Testament context, we are given what I think is a really good model for prayer. It's, it's a way that you can approach the Lord in a really practical way and just follow this pattern, follow this model. And it probably shouldn't be the only way that you pray, but it is definitely one way you can pray. So with that being said, let me, let me jump right in. So if you were looking at a picture of an Old Testament tabernacle, the first place that you would see is what's called the outer court. So the outer court is a place where we give God thanks. Gratitude is a healthy emotion. Here's what Psalm 100 verse 4 says. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. So perhaps you've heard that verse, but maybe never thought about what gates is the psalm writer talking about? What courts is he talking about? We don't talk like that in 21st century United States of America. We don't talk about our gates and our courts. But what he was talking about was the tabernacle. 
that we come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That outer court, when you are praying, is a great place for you to start. As you come into the presence of God, that you would start with thanksgiving, that you would give God thanks, because giving thanks to God is about us declaring that what we already have in Jesus is enough. What we already have is enough. So that's the outer court, a great place to start your prayer time. The the second place that you come across in the tabernacle is called the brazen altar. That's a funky name. Now, as you can probably imagine, a brazen altar implies sacrifice. The brazen altar in the tabernacle would have been a bloody place. It would have been a place where animals were sacrificed for the sin of the people. And that obviously pictures the cross, doesn't it? That Jesus was your sacrifice and my sacrifice and the sacrifice for all people who would come to him seeking forgiveness. But what what this is, is a place for you to focus on the cross. Here's what Romans 5, 6 says. Just ponder this for a second. At just the right time, when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. That's an incredible passage of scripture and hopefully one that encourages you that it was at just the right time when you didn't have any hope, when you were powerless, that Christ died for you. Maybe you can put your name in there. Uh, In Isaiah 53, a really popular passage of scripture, one that we who have been in church for a long time have certainly heard. But in Isaiah 53, 5, it talks about four wounds of the cross. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but it might be something that you want to look up later. But but first is that he was whipped. Jesus was whipped. That he received a crown of thorns. That he received nails in his hands and his feet. And a spear through his heart. The four wounds of the cross. That is what Jesus took for you. He took your punishment for your sin to deal with everything that you are going through. Next, number three, is something called the laver. The laver. And that's kind of a funky thing, but but here's what I would encourage you about the laver. Uh, to offer every part of your life to God. Every part. Listen to what Romans chapter 1 Oops, sorry. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So what the labor was, it was kind of like a like a cup or a bowl, and it's where you would wash yourself. It was where you would wash your hands and your feet before the priests would commence any kind of activity in the tabernacle. And so what what I would encourage you to do is in this third part of prayer, the labor is to offer yourself, every part of yourself to God. That might sound weird to you, but it's really not. It's not actually weird at all. Listen to how maybe you could do it. God, take my mind and cleanse it today. God, take my mouth and use it today. 
God, take my eyes and help me to see people how you see them today. God, take my hands and let them produce work that glorifies you. God, take my feet and help me to walk to places that I can bring good news. You you see what I'm saying? Every part of your body can bring glory to God when it's used for his glory. Number four, the candlestick. This is fire, right? And this is where I would encourage you in your prayer time to invite the work of the Holy Spirit into your life. Pray to the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we pray to the Father or we pray to the Son, Jesus. But do you ever pray directly to the Holy Spirit to talk to God, the Holy Spirit, who is living inside of you and working in you and through you and around you? The candlestick, inviting the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Here's what Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 say in the Bible. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. Through the laying on of my hands, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Who can't use a little bit of power, a little bit of love, and a whole lot of self-control in the day and age we live? you got to fan the flame of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Wow, that's powerful. Number five, table of showbread. If you're looking at a picture of the tabernacle, there's a thing called the table of showbread. And just picture coming out of the oven, hot, fresh, baked bread. Have you ever been in the presence of hot, fresh, baked bread? Oh, man, so good, so good. But that's exactly what it was. They would bake this fresh bread, and it would be steaming hot and What it was to remind the people of and what it's to remind you and I of is the word of God, the word of God. What I would encourage you to do in this posture of prayer is to take the promises that God has given us in his word, given to his people and pray them back to God. Allow God to build your faith through his own words. Matthew 4, 4 says this. This is Jesus talking. He's being tempted in the wilderness by Satan. And uh, he hasn't eaten in a long time. He hasn't drank anything in a long time. He's he's famished. He's weary. And here's what Jesus says back to Satan, to Satan's lies. To, Satan was offering him things that he couldn't deliver on. And Satan does that for you. And let's listen to what Jesus says, Matthew 4, 4. Man shall not live by bread, ding, 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 table of showbread, bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If you're struggling in your faith today, if you are lacking hope, go back to the word. Go back to that fresh baked bread that is so good for your soul. The word of God. Spend time there. Number six, the altar of incense is the next place. This is an aroma. This is smells that are good. These are things that uh, invoke your emotions and, and here's, here's what this has to do with in your prayer life. Worship God's name. This is not just giving thanks to him because of who he is or what he's done. This is to worship his name. The, the very essence of who he is. The aroma of who he is. God's worth. 
God's glory. Listen to what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 95, verse 6 and 7. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. He's our God, the psalmist says. As you sit here and listen to this podcast today, is he your God? Is he personal? Do you know God? Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. What an awesome promise for you and for me today as we pray. And then finally, number seven, the last place in that tabernacle, the inner place of that tabernacle was this, the Ark of the Covenant. And it was a a sacred thing, a, a beautiful thing. And it was the place where the presence of God would come and dwell in the Old Testament. It's the place where God would meet his people and they would see him come down over the tabernacle and then into the Ark of the Covenant. And there's a, a bench on the top of it, a seat on the top of it, and it's called the mercy seat. Or for you Bible nerds or the theological nerds among us, it's called the Bema seat. And it's, it's the place where God reigns and rules and judges and uh, you can Google pictures of it. There's angels with their wings up over the seat, and it's a it's a it's a powerful image. But but this is a place for you and I that as we're praying, as we've uh, gone through all this worship of prayer and all these other six places, that as we come into the presence of God, being satisfied ourselves by all those other areas that we've been worshiping in our prayer life, those other six areas, uh, we come to the point where we realize that we are so satisfied. That we don't need anything but God. And so as you come into the presence of God, into that uh, mercy seat, that this is a place for you and for I to intercede for others. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. He said, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings. First of all, side note, did you know there's that many kinds of prayer? There's not just one kind of prayer. There's all those kinds of prayers. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings. Be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your friends. Pray for your coworkers. Pray for your boss. Pray for the people in your circle of influence that don't know Jesus, because God desires that they be saved, and he just might want to use you to reach them. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope this extra podcast, this bonus content, uh, was helpful for you. We appreciate you. We love you. For those of you that uh, faithfully give and faithfully serve here, we, we know that we're not just giving and serving of our time. We're making investments in the kingdom of God. So thank you for all that you do. May God bless you. Hope you have a great rest of the week, and we will see you in church on Sunday.